Welcome to the Business Collective Podcast with Terry Fletcher. Weekly conversations and insights on how to go from employee to consultant in any business field where your years of expertise can be showcased. Take your career to the next level, entrepreneurship. Now here's your host, nationally recognized healthcare consultant, speaker, and author, Terry Fletcher. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Business Collective Podcast. My name is Terry Fletcher. Hope everybody's doing well this week and staying cool. I know it's been very hot. My daughter and I actually tried to get away to a Napa trip uh, last week, and we had a little bit of a glitch. We left on a Wednesday. It's about a seven-hour drive from my Southern California residence up to Northern California, and we get a call as we're driving up saying that they're closing everything down inside and everything's going to be outside. And so that was tough because the uh, heat was getting up past 95 and it ended up topping out at 101 while we were there. So we left on a Friday. <laughs> we were just like, you know what? One and a half days of this was enough for us. And uh, it was time to go get into some cool uh, areas and just be back home. But we at least got to four or five wineries. It was actually a pretty good time while we were there. And I uh, just kept getting hotter. But hopefully some of the shutdown will be over within the next month or so. In California, we had another shutdown um, per se. So hopefully um, we'll see a change soon. But either way, let's get into our episode today. And I want to talk about how we connect and really look at entrepreneurship and the experience of it only because as myself, as a solo entrepreneur, I want to just kind of explain to you that entrepreneurship is not really a solo experience. Even if you're a like myself, a one woman show who if I need people to help me, I subcontract out. And I do use a lot of subcontractors. But it is a collective effort building a team. And I do have a team, which basically it's, it's my support team as well. And I also have colleagues in the field, because there's enough work to go around. And there's always somebody smarter than you or with similar skills that you want to, you know, collaborate with or talk to and feed off of, but also finding partners. And partners are people that for me, you know, you could teach with, you can present with, and that you can basically cultivate relationships with. And that's the, the other part is fostering relationships with consumers or your potential client base that could last uh, days or even decades. So while the pandemic has changed the way we connect, it hasn't changed the simple fact that we must connect with new tools like Skype and FaceTime and Zoom philosophies and work from home strategies that we all have to put in place. We're setting ourselves up for an interconnected future, whether it be by screen, in person, or a bit of both. I actually still had somebody try to contact me today and say, you know, did you want to get together and talk about some things? I get a lot of that on the LinkedIn platform, and maybe we could go for coffee. And I was, I was appreciative of the contact, but I was a little amused saying, well, coffee probably isn't going to work right now, since everything indoors is shut down. And I just think it in California, at some point, it's going to be outdoors, too. But it's just interesting when we try to really feel that connection that we need not only with potential clients, but also with a team of people with partners around you to make your entrepreneur journey work. Otherwise, it may not work. But what we want to do is in talking about this connection is we want to solve tomorrow's problems today. And what does that mean exactly? Well, when there's a problem, entrepreneurs fix it. 
but it's not enough just to, just to solve today's problems anymore. That reactive and, sh- and short-sighted way of thinking really has to change because we have a massive opportunity to thrive after the pandemic. But it only happens if we spend today solving tomorrow's problems, look out into the future, create the solutions that will resonate in the months and years to come. Now, I'm not saying you have to be a fortune teller or anything like that, but let me give you an example say a guy named Joe has a favorite burger place and they make great burgers and he can't wait to eat there again. When his local lockdown is finally lifted, that favorite burger place he goes to, it seems messy, disorganized, and actually not even as clean as he'd like it to be. Meanwhile, down the street, there's a second best burger place and that place is absolutely spotless and also notice that they're much more organized and ready for the public as the lockdown was ended. So where do you think Joe will eat? Well, I bet he picks the second best burger place. What can you learn from that story? So here's what I see. First of all, there's an importance in trust. Every business must distinguish itself. And that has always happened in many ways with factors like quality, price, and convenience. But when you're choosing things nowadays and when consumers or your potential clients are choosing things, they're putting those old qualities aside, especially I can see this in post-pandemic, and they're changing or shifting, I should say, um, to what they had before the pandemic. And now, because trust wasn't spoken about them, but now it has to be about trust. It means entrepreneurs can stand out from competitors in new ways. You can meet people's new expectations by focusing on different elements of your business. So for example, your customer may have never cared about your operations before, but now they will. And how how innovative can you be there? Uh, How can you be transparent uh, within those operations so people can trust you post-pandemic? Here's a a good story. So I recently had one of my uh, larger clients just re-signed for another six months for contracting for auditing. And it's it's one of my bigger clients. So I was really pleased that they re-signed again. I've had them for a little over five years. And it was just funny because part of the work that I was doing, they decided there was a, a, about three or four physicians uh, that wanted their auditing done by an outside company that was a third of what I car- charge. So I'm like, that's fine. I'm not going to adjust my fees. I know what my services are worth and what comes with my services. But I did say, you know, you get what you pay for. So just so you know, they're only charging you a third. You might want to find up front that they have specialty insight, specialty background, you know, certifications in coding, which is what I do, and auditing, which is also what I have. And I also have a certification management. So I, I know how to facilitate certain things that I discuss with them and talk with them about. But regardless of that, I was not going to, you know, say you can't do that. But it was probably about 20% of the work they gave me. So I still retained about 80%. Well, the funny thing is that the company they went with uh, contacted me (laughs) about, oh, I would say about a day later and said, we just retained this company, you know, and they didn't even know me. I didn't even know what company it was. They say, you know, hi, Terry, we just retained this company uh, as a client of ours. And we actually don't really um, are not familiar with their specialties. And we'd like to know if we could subcontract with you. And I'm like, whoa, and I know exactly what it was. They said something to the effect that it was, you know, uh, in this area, this location that I knew exactly what it was. But I also found out what they're charging, I would have had to charge triple to subcontract with them. And first of all, I wouldn't because obviously that was my client base. But the other thing that I thought was funny is that 
the client didn't do their due diligence to find out if they knew what they were doing. Now, obviously, 80% did and were comfortable with me. And there's physicians that text me all the time. So I forwarded this email to their uh, general a counsel because I go through an attorney for this uh, practice and this uh, big organization. And she's like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm like, no, like I told you, you know, they're going to come to me. So it was just kind of funny to me when you think about trust and knowing what you get and being transparent. And that was somebody who wasn't transparent. They basically just wanted the client. They offered the cheapest price possible. They devalued the service that was being offered and then didn't even have the skills to back up what they were offering. You don't want to do that as an entrepreneur. If you are somebody, in a, and obviously I talk about healthcare quite a bit, but if you're somebody trying to build a client base and you don't have experience with those kinds of clients, you need to be transparent. I do that. I'll have a, I'll get a client that'll say, do you do this? And I will say no, but I do have somebody I can refer you to because I have a big network of fellow consultants that I can refer out. And I will, I will not take on a client, first of all, if I don't have time to do the work, but secondly, if it's not in my wheelhouse. So that happened actually just recently. And so I said, you know, that's not something I do personally, I can teach you how to do it. But I think you need somebody hands on to actually provide that service. And it was more in the uh, legal administrative end of something in healthcare that I don't do. And I just said, I have somebody that can help you. And they're so happy with who I referred them to. So transparency and trust is very important when it comes to building and connecting with a client. The importance of changing minds as well. It's time to ask yourself some simple, difficult questions and start with these. Am I selling a product that solves a problem that's unique to today? And do people value me more or less today? So your customers are asking some, you know, similar questions. They're wondering who understands my needs now and who can be there for me. And frankly, they may not know what to think about what you're doing right now. So they may have loved you in the past, but now all bets are off because it's everybody for themselves when it comes to all the revenue that's being lost. And you want those customers to come back, you want your repeat business. And you can't do that by just asking, you need to change how they think about what you're doing. And to do that, you first need to understand how they think, and then react to it. Where are they struggling? Where are they trying to uh, build their business back? And how can you help them do that? And then the importance of openness is really a huge deal. In the past, entrepreneurs hid their financial troubles. And if customers knew you were struggling, that you would probably fear they wouldn't come back. Now in COVID, that's flipped a little bit in the pandemic. So I'm not saying that you should tell your customers or even disclose your financial troubles. But it's helpful when you go to invoice or when you go to price yourself, you price the actual cost of what you do. And then you can step it back. And you say something to the effect that, however, due to the pandemic, I will offer you a pandemic discount or a COVID discount. I've done that. I mentioned that before in a previous podcast, I offer 10% discount and they now see that you kind of feel their pain. And it's a real way to kind of define yourself as that you noticed that you understand that, you know, you're not out there just trying to get every possible sense you can. You're out there to continue to make your business viable, but also working with your customers and your potential client base to know that everybody is 
kind of in a little bit of a struggle mode right now. So when you recognize that they are, but that also they can see that you are as well too, and that you can really only offer a discount instead of free services, which I obviously wouldn't have you do, then that just shows that, and everybody likes to say this, we're in this together. Before I get to my next way to really be connected, Stitcher Radio is sponsoring us today. So Stitcher Radio, the easiest way to listen to podcasts for free, stitcher.com forward slash DL. Just acquired by Sirius XM Radio. I just was approached again by Sirius XM Radio to have a show on my own channel. So we'll see how that works. I'm working on that. And uh, that's a kind of an exciting thing to uh, relaunch. I did that in 2017 and 18. And uh, I'm excited to kind of bring that back. So the last thing I want to talk to you about when it comes to connecting, and that is as an entrepreneur, and I always use this phrase, it pays to do good. Why so many brands have stepped up to help others. And even as they're short on cash themselves, it really helps to to sell who you are to define who you are. So what are four ways that you could give? Well, first, you could raise funds. There's a new uh, Miami place out there. It's called Think Global. It's a co working space. The co founders uh, female owned business, they held a virtual dance a thon to raise funds to provide free co working space around Miami for local entrepreneurs displaced by COVID. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, you know, support communities when racism began being directed to the Asian community. Uh, there was some women action groups that sold shirts saying phenomenally Asian celebrities wore them sales spiked and net proceeds went to the National Agent Pacific American Women's Forum. So I, I really liked that. Um, I also have a new um, branch of my business and started a a community nonprofit. And it's called climate for change. So it's basically establishing a fund to assist those uh, professionals that have been displaced by and healthcare professionals to apply for a scholarship so that they can continue their continuing education units, um, or to use towards a new credential in coding or any credential that has a certification in healthcare. So we all try to do our part there. Another one would be uh, something I saw recently on the news. I don't know if you've heard about it. But the Goya Hispanic Foods brand, the CEO praised President Trump for his initiatives towards the Hispanic community. And it left some left politicians saying to boycott uh, the food brand, which I thought was sad. And a lot of people did because again, freedom of speech means freedom of speech means everything. And it was just a positive comment that he made in a, in a really cool uh, thing that was going on as far as some initiatives for that minority group and population. And so a lot of us changed that narrative instead of boycotting it we put called it a boycott and I know I bought a thousand dollars worth of the food and donated it to my local church's food bank so those kinds of things you know and I don't like anybody attacking a small business or any minority group so when you can pay it forward or pay to do good that's really what can set you apart in your business, because it's noticed. And it's not that you have to go shouting it from the rooftops. I rarely do. But it's just something that you want to make sure that people understand that about you. And if you're trying to get investors into your business, believe me, investors are trying to figure out And when you're trying to wow them, they're trying to figure out who you are. And a good way to demonstrate that is community. So you know, you have to show that you're giving back that you have to show that you realize that you're in a pretty lucky position to even have the opportunity to be an entrepreneur. And so trying to get 
um, any kind of funding if you're trying to get that or any kind of investor to uh, notice you. And I know I do some angel investing as well. You really have to reflect, okay, not only your brand, but what does your brand stand for? And that is something that I'll continue to talk about as I show you how to go from employee to entrepreneur. It's not just about working for yourself. It's about building a brand, building a presence, building trust, and building who you are, not only in your community, but out there for the world to see. You have to be a little bit politically correct in your stance on some things, but you also need to stand up for for what is right. And that's why I always try to say, do good, you know, do good. And if you, as long as you stay positive and your heart's in the right place, then uh, you, you'll be successful in, in your journey through entrepreneurship into what you want to do to build your business, build your brand, and to last for decades. You know, it's, it is hard to last, especially as a consultant in this entrepreneurial world. But um, the pandemic and other issues coming on COVID and just some of the innovative things that have been happening and how people have kind of thought out of the box, it's giving you an opportunity. What are people focused on? I know that music is a big thing that people are looking at right now. I know that uh, just using that as some kind of an outreach, you know, what are you going to do if you're thinking about learning? And it shouldn't just be for your business. What about the kids that they're going to shut down the schools for another, you know, semester? How can you help there? How can you be someone that can help? If you have an old teaching credential, if you're somebody that has tutored before and you have any kind of references for that, why don't you say, I'll, you know, I can do this with your kids and, and offer tutoring services. That would be a great side hustle as far as an entrepreneurship because parents are struggling. So there's things you can do things that you can be innovative with, and things that you can do to connect. And it's all about connecting this week and making sure that as entrepreneurs, we look at that as really our number one way to build our business. It's about connecting. It's about making sure that we're fostering those relationships and that we can sustain our businesses for decades. And it's again, it's not just for the immediate future. It's for what we can do down the line. And so because you don't, it's one thing that's really tough as an entrepreneur, and I don't know if any of you really think about this. Once you've been working for yourself for a pretty long time, going back to being an employee is really hard. It is really hard. And so you just you're so used to the freedom, even though it's longer hours. But you're so used to the freedom of really having your own business, your your own rules per se, but your own time schedule and really the the pride and what it takes to make it your own. So think about that as uh, you really think about today's episode and knowing that entrepreneurship is not a solo experience. It's a collective effort. And And hopefully I'm part of your collection today and we're building that uh, relationship where we can talk to each other each week. So everyone make it a great week and a great day. And thank you for listening to the Business Collective Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Business Collective Podcast. Drop us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out our website and blog at www.business-collective.com.